0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I'm your host, Adam Omichaius, tuning in all the way from Los Angeles, California, for episode number 77 with my good friend Hannah, who is currently on tour with Greta Van Fleet in South America. Now, Hannah is a badass. I've known Hannah for only a few years. I met her on the road. We both did a tour with A Day to Remember together, and she's pretty amazing. She tours as a production coordinator and a tour assistant. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of check in and see how her tour was going down in South America. Greta Van Fleet is currently out with Metallica. Pretty big tour. She said some of the shows are 70,000 people at stadiums. That's a lot of people. What a cool, I would love to see Metallica in South America. That sounds amazing. But anyway, good episode. It was great to catch up with her. We talk about what it takes to do her job, what her job is like on the road in South America. And we talk a little bit about, one of my favorite parts is we talk about getting into the industry because I've noticed recently that there's actually a job shortage in the touring music industry. And I have all these people on the Patreon and all these people I talk to that want to be in the industry, but going from being at home and working locally to being on tour is a big step. And I don't think there's a very efficient or currently a valid system that kind of upsteps all these people. But. We talked to her about it, and I think we found some good solutions that hopefully you can start working on in your local area. The reality is, is you just need to get out there and start experiencing it. So if you're not doing that yet, try local level anything because the job positions are there and they're open and they're paying pretty good money. So just start learning on a local level. Anyway, thank you so much, Hannah, for joining me this week. And of course, a big shout out to all our patrons who support the podcast weekly. Thank you so much. I say it every week, but thank you. Like it's, it just helps me make this podcast possible. I can't wait to put the book out. I am, I've written almost 18,000 words this week. No, by the end of the day, I'll have written 18,000 words. I've written a lot of words. I'm excited, but thank you guys so much for supporting it. Uh, I will see you next week on don't shit on the bus. bus! How's it going? How are you? We're doing it.
1: I'm tired, but I'm here.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for doing this with me. Uh, well, I was brainstorming and thinking about, I always think about like, where did I meet this person? I think I met you at a bowling alley.
1: Oh, I think you did. You came in halfway through the tour. Yeah. You did. We had those really cool shirts.
0: Yeah. I had a shirt that I like really loved and I was surprised. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I was like, wow, this looks okay on me. But that was a really fun off day.
1: It was. I actually still have that shirt. My I shirt. Wore it again, but I'm I have it in my closet.
0: What was your shirt?
1: It was like a naked lady on a peach.
0: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we all, the, the band was, uh, we toured with the day to member together and I arrived to the tour and Hannah um, was somebody I had not met before because she was new to the team, but they were all bowling at a bowling alley and they had gotten like, would you guys go to like a Kohl's or something and just buy a bunch of shirts?
1: goodwill and got did uh, ugly bowling shirts.
0: And I was presented with one. I think mine had like maybe like James Bond women or like some, like <laughs> something weird on it. like, textured but they were cool they were all buttoned up and funny looking
1: oh it was fun that was a good off day that was a good group
0: did you schedule that off day Uh,
1: i said we should do something and the boys kind of (laughs) picked me up yeah i just coordinated it it was their idea which is typically how it goes
0: yeah that's great yeah i mean having the idea is one thing making it happen is a whole another ordeal
1: yeah i gotta be the email person this time we're all uber together
0: yeah it's crazy how much coordination it takes just to get people like five dudes or 10 dudes out of a hotel to a bowling. Alley. Like when you're younger, you're like, all right, my parents are picking us all up. We're going. Everybody's like, OK. And then you do it on tour. You think because nobody has anything to do, it'd be easy, but it's incredibly difficult.
1: Well, some people don't want to you know, hang out with everybody. Other people really want to do something with people every off day. Um, So you kind of got to judge it, but I do typically try to do one get together per tour of like everyone go out and do something together just because usually you're pretty beat up sometimes towards the end, usually towards the end of the tour, you need to like pick me up of like, let's just go blow off some steam.
0: So it's like a, it's like a part, it's like, it's like the end of school, like event end of, we had like these summer, like games we'd play or fair carnival at school. What uh, other than bowling, which maybe was our, maybe was that event for that tour, but have you done any? crazier ones or more? I don't know. Like
1: do, I've done a couple of, uh, go-kart ones only because personally uh, I want to go go-karting, <laughs> but everyone enjoys them. Typically they're at a place that have an arcade and a bar and you can drink and eat some food and go play some games. So typically you can do a lot more than just go-karting. Oh man. You're a whole different side of me when I go go-karting that they typically don't see on tour.
0: Are you a good go karter?
1: Come from a family of racing. Um, oh really? So I've become very competitive <laughs> and I've actually gotten kicked out of a go-kart race on a crew get together one time
0: because you were being too belligerent
1: uh, they said I was too aggressive
0: oh nice sounds like everybody else need to step their game up they were you're just beating people up
1: oh I get very angry out there
0: <laughs> yeah hey respect I like that well I know that everybody on the podcast this is their first time hearing your voice but they've kind of learned from you already and I don't know if you remember but maybe a year and a half two years ago you were very gracious and you talked to me on the phone and educated me about what it's like to be a production coordinator and then I took that information and I actually had a different guest on present it all. But you were like the core basis of that episode.
1: Oh, well, I didn't realize that's where it started from. But I remember having to talk with you during quarantine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. For every, every episode that was like, this is what this job does. I had to do like a podcast episode and like a research, a few research calls. And you were a research call.
1: Oh, well, I just thought it was fun to catch up with you.
0: Oh my God. No, I'm sorry. It was like, <laughs> I swear I told you that.
1: I think so. And then uh, I did your, was it, it, was Discord. I did a group and I like, oh, yeah. it was like a women, women trying to get into the oh, industry. Oh,
0: was it Discord? Oh yeah. I probably like Discord people needed. I forgot about that too. Yeah. Try to get like some special guests on there to talk to people. Cause we got a <laughs> lot of women in the Discord and Patreon that want to get in the industry. And you know, there's, there's not as many women as there are men.
1: I feel like there are more women coming now and hopefully that is a good change and there will be more women out here. Like I'm on a tour right now. And there's, including me, there's four of us out here. I've never been wow. on a tour with them.
0: That's great. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about that. How many people total are on the tour you're on right now?
1: Um, so because we are in South America right now, um, well, technically Mexico as of 7 a.m. this morning. Welcome home. I we only have the core crew. Um, so we're a core crew of 20 plus a, a party of eight. So sorry, core crew of 12 with a party. So total 20.
0: Oh, wow. And a party's band tour manager, assistant photographer, you?
1: uh security tour manager band assistant management's been out here with us okay cool plus band four and then 12 of us crew
0: oh wow that's a pretty good crew for a south america trip though
1: it's just the basics really
0: yeah because so you're currently i'll spoil it but you're currently on tour with greta van fleet did a south america tour and you guys are main support for metallica
1: um so it's a mixture we have a couple so mexico show is headlining
0: okay and then you do but like so you did maybe like what five or seven Metallica shows and then a few of your own shows in between or you tell me.
1: Oh uh, something like that. Let's see. I <laughs> think we did first two Metallica, then our own headline show, then three more Metallica, and then this one.
0: Oh nice. Is this your and what tour is this of yours with Greta Van Fleet? Your first your second tour?
1: Second. Yep. So I did a US one with them in March, which got canceled. Oh, so yeah. we started it and we got it got canceled.
0: Damn. You did all the work leading up to it and then no reward.
1: Uh, We redid that tour probably three or four times where you sat in the travel war room to restart everything, like throw everything out the window and just redo it. Um, And then everything got rescheduled. So you have a really busy year now with all the rescheduled dates.
0: Oh, because basically it's all been rescheduled and condensed into whatever remaining time there is.
1: Yep. It just got filled in with the rest of the year.
0: What's a travel war room? I don't um, know about this what
1: we called it. I think we made up the name because with COVID, I was also with corn last year and we had COVID cancellations too. And yeah. so the travel war room, you go in with your computer, probably in your pajamas still, just no matter what time of day it is that you find out that this is happening or before it's announced. Cause you need to be prepared before the announcement yeah. and you read everything, you cancel hotels, you rearrange buses, you rearrange gear, you redo flights, like everything has to get redone.
0: Who's we? It's you and who else?
1: Me and the production manager. And also sometimes the tour manager as well. But the tour manager is usually going to be dealing with the band party.
0: All right. How many hotels are we talking? Are you talking like every off day, 20 to 40 different rooms? Or like, what are you doing?
1: Well, I mean, we do deal with the travel agent as well. Like she's involved in this situation. Makes (laughs) sense. um, And it just kind of depends. It's, I mean, like this last one, we were a crew of like 30 people. Plus my bus drivers. And so we have to deal with everybody coming in out. We were having like video people come in for a certain show. So now I have to redo all of their people because they were only coming in for that show. Bus driver rooms on show days, crew members going to different locations, hotels that you're now not going because you're going to skip that city completely and go to another city or reroute it. And now you have to have an off day randomly somewhere because you can't it's too long of a drive. Like there's all kinds of things to think about.
0: Man, because on the on the receiving end, like as a fan or somebody, you just see it and you're like, "Oh, there's new shows. They just changed the date. That's easy enough." But no, it's basically rebooking. Every it's basically you starting over. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, you just throw the book out the window and redo it.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I'm picturing you literally doing that. I, oh, how did you? Okay, you're on corn before this. Prior to that, you're on date to remember. I know you did Fall Out Boy. I know your whole career. But I wanted to know how did you go from. Corn to Greta Van Fleet, like maybe you could talk about how you get a new job be- as somebody who's been in the industry for a while.
1: So um, specifically with this one, um, I have worked with my production manager. Um, I met him actually on a day to remember, um, yeah. and then he took me to Corn, and then he was the one that took me to Greta Van Fleet. Um, so it's kind of when you find your people, you stick with your people. If you work well together, it makes work moving to a different band very easy because it's the same. You have a same system. It's just a yeah. new fan and you have to tweak it a bit. So it works for us. Um, we travel as a production manager, a stage manager, and me as a production coordinator. The three of us travel as a team now, which has been kind of fun. Um, and we work together no matter where we go.
0: And it's Paul, you, and who's the stage manager? Albert. Albert. I think I know Albert too. Was Albert on a day to remember? Yeah, I remember. I remember him. That's awesome. So when you met them on a day to remember, like, how did you go from being not... The quote unquote, their people to being their people. Like, what made you click with them?
1: I don't know. I think we just worked really well together. Like, yeah. it, it was just we became had systems, and like Paul's really big on making sure the culture of a crew is like everyone's happy, open door production office policy, where some production managers don't do that. What's that mean? Like, we keep the door open. You want to come hang out and just talk in here? You have questions? Like, we don't want you to feel like you can't come in and talk okay. and hang out um, or just feel uncomfortable. Like we just want it to be very like friendly, like family vibe with everybody. And so open door policy, like we won't ever lock it. Like you're never going to see the door close. You're never gonna have to knock to come into the door or to come into the office. It's just here we are to help you and we're here to support everybody. And so we do that no matter where we go.
0: Okay. And the intention behind that is to kind of create this very welcoming, all-inclusive tour vibe.
1: Yeah. Because honestly, the vibe of the tour affects everything. Like if it's a sucky vibe, And you're away from your family and you're missing weddings and funerals and, you know, graduations and births, whatever it is you're missing. Like you at least want to know you are out with people that you enjoy, because if not, like, why are you there?
0: Yeah. It's a, it's already a hard job. Why make it more hard on everybody?
1: you just want to, especially if you are having a hard time, at least people have your back or, you know, you feel like you can lean on somebody like I'm having a bad day. Like, can you help me with this today? You know, maybe this is my job, but like, I need a little help today.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, I really like that. And I appreciate you guys doing that because it definitely stops starts, excuse me, from the top down. Right. It's not like I can't go to a tour where the vibe was shut door and nobody likes each other as a photographer and be like, guys, let's do it this way. It just, it has to start from up top because that's the chain of command. So thank you.
1: I mean, I hope it helps. You know, I don't want anyone to ever feel like a miserable, I've been on tours where I've been miserable and. Nobody wants that.
0: Name, dates, who was it? We got to know everything right. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Honestly, part of it was learning in the beginning to not let my personal life roll over into work life. Like you really have to compartmentalize your life, like work and home. Like if on off days, you want to like have a meltdown, sure. But on a show (laughs) day, like you can't let that affect your day because it just ruins everything.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And if you do find yourself in that place, I do know a little bit of insider information. Paul does make a pretty mighty margarita
1: does pretty good margaritas i will give you that
0: <laughs> yeah i just remember rolling out and you know i have the uh you know i'm uh usually connected to the band when we were touring together so i would experience things from their point of view and i just remember coming out of the dressing room and there's like one of those gatorade <laughs> jugs like the orange jugs with the white top that people pour yeah. on each other at football games just full of margarita and i'm like the show isn't even started yet how am i supposed to get through that i don't drink very often but a margarita like count me in. That's a party.
1: I might not have been on that one because I've only seen him make it twice and it's been on like the very end of a tour.
0: Oh, maybe I'm lying. He
1: doesn't even drink on tour, but he makes it for everybody.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I'm trying to think when that was. Everything kind of blurs together now.
1: It does. And especially like with COVID, everything is just even more off time-wise.
0: Yeah. Like things that with COVID, I have like these two years that I'm like, well, you know, like, uh, for example, my girlfriend, I've been with her for almost three years. But I'm like, well, that one actually makes it seem longer because you're with each other. But a lot of things I'm like, oh, I've, I've lived in this place for, you know, I haven't I haven't shot a show in uh, three years, but it's really like two and a half years because that's how long COVID was. You know, it's really like it just elongates or shortens certain timelines, depending on what you're talking about.
1: So was the day to remember the last show you shot?
0: I actually shot my first show. I had shot. No, I shot some data. Remember, st- I shot some stuff in L.A., but since COVID started, I didn't shoot anything. And then I shot John Mayer a week ago and it was oh, great. Okay. It was my first show back.
1: That's exciting.
0: I know it was. I love John Mayer, too. I hadn't seen him since I was in high school. So that was that was pretty fun. OK, but enough. No more about me. So in South America, what's uh, what's it like? You know, how's the tour been just overall?
1: Um, so it's been nice. I will say being support, you know, you get a little bit more sleep. Um, you do basically do show day travel day. So off days are kind of non-existent because you're constantly traveling. Um, but it's been good. I mean, I don't know. How, it's been nice. I guess it's, it's been, been nice. A yeah. you know, there's, you, Google translate is my friend. Um, I use it constantly. We travel with the liaison down here who is our translator slash like she helps set up transportations and all of that kind of fun stuff, but pretty low key. Um, then we did a 20 hour travel day into Mexico city landed this morning. And that's about it. One more show, we go home.
0: I like, I like that you're, so your show day, a travel day, and it's pretty easy that like you said because your support. So is that just cause like there's less to worry about or how is it different being on a support tour than a headliner tour, especially in South America?
1: Well, it's, it's not my show. I don't, I'm not in charge of picking rooms or catering or, you know, a massive crew. I have very small crew on this. Um, it's significantly easier Um, however we're always doing a tour ahead so like on the u.s tour in march during rehearsals i'm doing south america visas i'm doing hotels flights back we weren't even starting the tour yet and it was rehearsals and i already was doing this so now we're looking ahead and like europe's in june so now we're doing all of europe stuff so it's just constantly like working ahead
0: oh wow does that ever disorient you i I feel like when everything's planned out stuff flies so fast but it's crazy you're like coordinating another continent simultaneously
1: true i guess i didn't really look at it that way but yeah i mean we have to get everything situated before we get there i mean it's between the tour manager the production manager and me it's yeah. our job to make sure everything's set up prior to us ever showing up
0: yeah i mean and i guess we hadn't said it explicitly it will be in the title of this but you are the production coordinator a very important job so how long before a tour starts does your job start it's weeks
1: weeks a month maybe just kind of depends on like you know international stuff you definitely want to book out way in advance like i've already booked like weeks ago i already booked europe flights and okay. we don't leave until june 1st we just especially with the way flights are and costing like you want to make sure you can get ahead of the game and europe like is you know we need to make sure sh- everyone's in europe at the same time so we need to make sure we get festivals hotels and buses and you know we want to try to knock at the bottom of the barrel there
0: yeah. I've been on the bottom of the their buses It involved four bus changes in less than a month. I understand the struggle. Uh, I was going to, okay. Something I have a hard time understanding because I've never been in the position is like, let's say you get a job. Well, let's you get, you get the Greta van fleet job. You're just starting with them. It's your first tour with them. When you start advancing everything does management or somebody at the other team. And you can tell me who come to you with like a list of things that need to get done. Or is it your job to know these things and initiate all the things that need to be done?
1: Um, so I don't, I, after like the initial offer and like signing all your paperwork, yeah. you typically deal with management, at least in my okay. role that yeah. much, um, once they show up to a show, maybe you make sure that they're good. and they, they need anything, but I don't actually really need to deal with them. I deal with a tour manager and the production manager. And okay. it's the same thing for every tour and every band is typically the same. So you just kind of, you know, the list, you go down the list and start checking boxes.
0: So my question is that list, you're. I mean, I'm assuming the list consists of booking hotels, booking flights, organizing visas, doing everything that you do at your job. Where does that list come from? Just experience?
1: I guess so. I don't, I never really thought. about I never like was given a list. It was just things I think you learn, picked up along the way, and now you just are like X Y Z is what needs to get done before we go.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 the reason I ask is because you have people who like in theory say to themselves, "I want to be a production coordinator," but. Then, like, let's say that Greta and Fleet hire or somebody smaller hires them, right? And they're like, okay, you're a production coordinator now. It's like, okay, well, well what do I do? Well, you, it's it's because it's it's such a weird job because so much of it is internalized. It's not like like you're saying you're just like, well, I just do what I do. The same thing with a photographer, right? They hire me and they say we want photos, then they don't tell me everything I have to do to do that.
1: It's a lot of learning as you go, and you have to feel it out. Ask a lot of questions. Like, don't mm-hmm. be afraid. I in the beginning, I didn't ask questions because I didn't want to look dumb. <laughs> ask the questions. Like ask whatever you need to ask. And like, I feel like as you just eventually figure it out.
0: Are you ever going to be in a position? Do you think maybe with this artist or another where you'll have an assistant?
1: I think once you get to like stadium levels, then yeah. maybe that position would have an assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a dedicated band assistant, which has been nice because I've been in roles where I have been both the band assistant and the production coordinator. Those tours kick your butt.
0: Yeah. That's a lot.
1: I mean, it's great. Like, you know, it's, Was I on that tour? I think you were on that tour. Nice. And it's fine. Like, you know, you, you get more of a family vibe that way versus where I don't deal with the band much on this role. Okay. They had, they had a band assistant, a band assistant before I ever showed up. So she does her thing with them and I take care of the crew and logistics and all of the other details.
0: Oh, that makes sense. So I guess like going into this, I knew you when you wore more than one hat, and I kind of grouped production coordinator as that, which it probably changes as the band scales, right? As they get bigger, then it breaks into more than one group. and maybe when they're smaller or, you know, trying to save some money, they put it as one person doing both jobs. But I just want to say you did a very good job. It felt it was really cool. Like I felt very taken care of. and I know I kind of am on the line of travel with the band, but I'm a crew member, so I kind of experienced both worlds. and you did great.
1: Well, thank you. That's the goal is to make sure everyone's taken care of and like, they feel comfortable out there and all their like, at least basic needs are taken care of. You know, if you have a dietary need, I don't want to make sure, like if you're a vegan, I never provide you food that you can eat. Like yeah. that's shitty to be out there and not be able to eat yeah. or, you know, any other little things like you're sick. I need to figure out to get you medicine or a doctor. Like mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> I remember trying to explain people during the pandemic when I was applying for jobs, like, you know, real world, normal jobs. Like they're like, oh, what did you do? And I remember sitting there and went in one interview where I didn't prep myself for this interview. Going, yeah, I don't know how to explain this to somebody else. Like, what do I say I did? And I'm just like trying to. And she's like, oh, you were like a babysitter for grown men. I was like, <laughs> I guess if you want to put it that way.
0: Yeah, because what job or what occupations in the real world have like a parallel? or something they can relate to for what you do. It's it's a pretty small list, I would say.
1: I mean, it's an executive assistant-ish, I guess, but it's more than just an assistant. Like, I'm not really I'm not really it's really hard to put into words, like cuz you do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's a random task that needs to be done that typically will get thrown on your plate.
0: You're kind of the glue, right? You're the glue that holds everything together. You're you jump in where people need help and then you have your list of things you just have to take care of
1: and to make sure everyone knows what's going on at all times. Like I, you will, once you start a tour with me, it's like a joke. Welcome to your daily emails from me because you will be getting one every day.
0: Oh yeah. What do you put on your, what do you put on your daily emails? So you just email the crew every day? Daily
1: sheet, like times and, you know, important information, especially like traveling country to country. Like, Hey, you need to have all these documents with you. Anything you can imagine. Like, I just need to make sure everyone is prepared and like, they're not blindsided going into a day. Like they didn't know what time something was. They didn't know they had a, have this certain item with them or whatever it may be. Or also like if they're a new hire, I get their new hire paperwork filled out. And I usually send that over to, you know, business management as well. If they have questions like about any of that type of stuff, I'll like direct them in the right way or find the answers for them.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So, so specifically with this tour, they're on the South American tour. I know I kind of asked you on a very basic level, but going into it, what is everything you had to prepare ahead of time? Is it just visas or... What do you have to do as a production coordinator for this tour?
1: First, I need to know who's coming. I need to come <laughs> up with the crew list and yeah. I need names and all your basic information. Um, and then we will book flights. I'll make rooming list. Um, we have a guy who actually helps us do all of our visas, but I still need to provide him with all that information. With COVID, yeah. we do have to provide vaccination cards for certain countries. So there's extra steps in certain countries that you have to go through now. Uh, update master tour. <laughs> I guess make sure that's all up to date. So you have all that information that you need answer everybody's questions.
0: So, and and what's your organization like for this? Do you just have a bunch of folders with everybody name, everybody's name and all their information, and then you just deliver it to people when they need it? Or how do you put all this together?
1: Dropbox is my best friend.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You organize it all in Dropbox.
1: Everything is in Dropbox, you know, anything that you ever sent me or, you know, even folders in your emails. So everything already has its own folder and email. I have like a system through iCal where like that's for my personal information because master tour is for everybody. So I can't put in, you know, notes for myself on certain show days in master tour. So I use iCal and so I'll basically copy all the show days and off days into iCal and then I'll make all my notes, personal notes that I need to know for certain days in there.
0: What are some, what are notes you need to know every day? Like, do you have an example of what that could be?
1: Say you got a package delivered. I need to double check that it comes on a certain day. Like I need to check that, you know, you shipped this part to this sh- venue. Okay. I need to remind myself because you might've told me randomly yeah. or like this person doesn't need a hotel on this day. Cause they're going to go home that day. Like I need to make sure I canceled that room. Cause we don't want to waste money. I don't know all kinds of things on this day. We need to buy this, send the runner out for this.
0: Yeah. That makes Whatever sense. Comes
1: to mind or somebody will tell, if I don't write it down, I write everything down. I have yeah. notes everywhere <laughs> and then I'll take my post-it notes and like consolidate them to where they're supposed to go.
0: Do you have post-it notes for your post-it notes?
1: Pretty much. I mean, people will come into the office. Like it's like a zoo in there sometimes. And like they'll come up and say something while somebody else is saying something. So you kind of have to like write it down. Otherwise you're going to miss what somebody just said.
0: Gotcha. So you go on this tour, you're organizing everything. And the band has a band assistant, which is different than, I guess my understanding of a production coordinator was a little bit skewed because I kind of merged them together in my head. um, Which is just part of learning is me being wrong. So Um, what's the difference now that you have a band assistant and you can correct me, you can always be like, Adam, your understanding of this is just wrong. What jobs does that alleviate you from? Do you just, you don't have interaction with the band? You're mostly handling the crew.
1: Yep. So the band assistant takes care of their, the band's needs with, um, so typically right now, like I'm still sending the runner out for like band food, but it's coming from the band assistant. She's setting up their, she's setting up their, you know, dressing rooms or any other random little things they like like, you know, they want their wardrobe set up a certain way, or they need a certain drink to go on stage or whatever it is that they're needing. Mm. Um, I'm still there to assist her in whatever she needs. Um, but I don't actually really communicate with the band outside of like waving in the hallway or something Yeah, where beforehand, like I'm in there doing whatever they need.
0: So she's kind of like the day-to-day assist. Like she's like, they all siphon their needs to her and then she communicates to you and then you you know, do what you do to achieve those things that they need help with.
1: Exactly. Yep. And so like before, you know, when, it, with a data of members, for instance, like they tell me and then I did it, it was yeah. just kind of cutting out a person.
0: Is there a downside to like, is there pros and cons to each setup? What do you prefer?
1: I mean, I will say that you, I feel like I can breathe a little bit more, you know, yeah. there's not as many tasks on my plate. So that's nice a little bit, but also like, I don't where other bands I've worked with. I don't really know this man where like the other bands I could tell you, like, like I knew them better. Yeah. Um, I am fairly new with Greta. So there, you never know, but it's just, that's just a kind of a, a line where it's like, I'm not their band assistant, so I'm not going to really go deal with them or ask them directly what they want.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think that kind of where to draw the line is really interesting because it might not be totally understood for somebody who's newer to the touring world that there's like systems in place. And it's really important that, you don't, you know, go behind, whether it be intentional or unintentional, the band assistant's job, because it can really mess everything up.
1: She's kind of a gatekeeper, you know, yeah. like she will let you know. If, but
0: not in a negative way.
1: No, not in a bad way. But like she knows when they want to see people when they don't or yeah. just knows them better. And so it's great, great for them because then nobody's kind of asking them to do something that they didn't, but she knew that they were going to say no to. She yeah, can kind of like be like, Hey, they're going to say, no, just don't even try.
0: Yeah. Which is nice because, you know, it's an art. Like when we had Neil on here, it always described, like you think an artist doesn't have a lot to do, but they have like doing the show every night is so difficult that a lot of asks can be, you know, you got to let people be on their They got to be on the right vibe
1: every night. They also may have a system like a, you know, warm up that they do or in a cool down or, you know, an unwind, whatever they need to do, they have their, their system in place. And she knows that system. So she knows not to mess it up where yeah. like we aren't thinking maybe somebody else isn't thinking about that and they want this to happen. And it's like, well, this isn't a good time.
0: And the same way that she wouldn't come to you and be like, I booked all the hotels because you have a certain system that you would do. And that just wouldn't make sense. Like she comes to you for the hotels. So you guys kind of work together
1: in our worlds, you know, like you have your world. I have my world. I do. I do my thing. You do your thing. Like yeah. I'm not going to go out on stage and do anything with, you know, any of the equipment out there. Like, That's not my world. I don't do anything out there. Yeah. If they need something, they'll come and ask me. I typically will never go to front of house. Um, maybe one, one show during a tour. Um, typically I'll go to the stage every now and then, but like, I have no need to be out there. So I'm not going to go get in the way, but you want to come out about anything backstage. I'm your girl.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Do you think that sometimes people maybe when they're newer to the job or they maybe don't understand it as deeply as you do make the mistake of, maybe traveling to the wrong world at the wrong time? Like, is that something you've done in the past at all? Mm -hmm. If not, that's okay.
1: Recall, unless maybe I did it and no one told me. Um, (laughs) I just always kind of felt this was my bubble. Yeah. And I stayed, I came from catering world initially. So like I did two local catering. And so, and that's very, you stay in your world. Like caterers, no, like you don't really branch out. You're not going to go. Certain areas on stage, you're not going to go into dressing rooms unless you're doing dressing rooms. Like you stay in your world. So I yeah. think as I came from that, I knew unless I'm invited or like I feel comfortable, I'm not going to go over there. But I can see other people doing that very easily because they it's exciting, you know. Especially when you first start, like you want to go see it all happen.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point because I mean you have to have a certain level of understanding of what everybody else is doing to understand why you can and can't be where everybody else is. So it's nice you had catering to kind of brief you on that because without that, you might not have known that, hey, I I don't know, the band doesn't want to be bugged during this time or this person's really busy right before they go on stage or, you know, I I don't know the specifics of it, but I'm sure there were things you picked up that were crucial.
1: You see a lot in catering. Like it's a, (laughs) you (laughs) observe a lot more in that role than people think.
0: Oh man. Do you have any good stories from catering that are appropriate to share that you're like, wow, this happened?
1: Catering is Hard, like your your days are long and it you're usually typically very sweaty and gross like even more so than some show days that i've experienced yeah and people aren't the nicest to cater sometimes
0: hey that's not fair i'm sorry I that sucks
1: situations where you know like you're supposed to be welcoming like you come into catering you're supposed to you know be welcoming to everybody that comes in or yeah. if you're a dressing room person, I'm also realized, like, if I have to go into it and there's a band member in there, like, yes, I may say hi, but I'm not going to try to have a conversation with them. Like, I'm coming in to do my job and I'm going to leave. Yeah. No. Like, so, but if you come into the catering, like, then like, hey, how's your day going? Like, you can talk a little bit more in there. So you kind of learned when you could, I guess, open up or try to have more of a conversation with people. Um, but I actually was a dressing room assistant for Fall Out Boy on tour. And that was when they took me over as their band assistant. So that was my transfer to the other side.
0: Okay. So you were a dressing room assistant, which is you just set up the dressing rooms and then yep,
1: I'm in charge of the dressing room. So we were on tour with them. Like it was tour catering, which I feel like is kind of fallen away. People aren't doing that as much anymore. A lot of local catering now.
0: Yeah, maybe just the bigger artists. But that okay. And then you went to band assistant. So you know what it's like to be a band assistant. Does that make it a lot easier to be a, a production coordinator now? And I know that you knew it because of the data remember thing, but is that really nice to I mean, does that make it really easy to work with your counterparts, I guess you would say?
1: I think so, because I know what the job entails and I know their tip their basic needs, at least what they're gonna be needing. Um, and then I can step in easier and help if if needed, or I just understand her timelines because band assistant timeline is very different than the rest of the crew.
0: That makes sense. Okay, I want to know more about the Metallica tour that you guys are on right now, but before we get there, a question came to mind that I think will be helpful to the people that listen. We've talked about with other production coordinators, but I want to hear it from you. What do you think the stepping stones are on a local level to somebody who wants to work in your job as a production coordinator or maybe a band assistant? Should they work in catering at the local venue? Should they be a runner at the local venue? Like what do you think is the best job to do? And what skills do they need to develop?
1: I think catering and local runners are definitely, it your foot in the door. Um, yeah. Caterers are always needing people like they have for as long as I can remember. They, you know, they're always looking for people. Yeah. Um, so that's a good way to at least get your face in front of people. Or if you're able to work maybe with local promoters, sometimes that helps in that way, if you're able to, but it's always helpful to, no matter what, how small it is. If you're able to get a job that's working backstage. Like, or if you're trying to go maybe a different direction, like stagehands are good for techs. Not so much for my role. Like I'm not going to go be a stagehand, you know, but being in local catering, I got to meet so many people. And that was how I was able to move over to a different side. Um, And I wasn't even looking for it. They reached out to me. So, which was really great. Like if you, people see how you work and see how you interact with people. And so you got to really be aware of that um, because that's, how you, you're you not usually putting your resume to people to get these jobs. People are just going to call you because they saw you work or they know you.
0: Yeah. it's. I, I always talk about like creating luck. Like you to get on tour, you almost have to create a situation where they ask you to go on the road. It's really hard to ask somebody and then go on the road. So when you were working and you were aware that people were seeing you work, what are some things that you did to kind of incentivize or show people like, Hey, I'm really fucking good at my job.
1: I think I just... Proud, and I want to be good at my job. Like I have, I want to do my best, and I want everything to be perfect, which is also a problem. Every, not everything's <laughs> gonna be perfect, but like I will. But you
0: strive myself, for it.
1: I will run myself into the ground, making sure I did everything possible to make sure like that was a good day. I've learned now you will get to burnout much quicker that way. Um, so as the years have gone by, I've learned to like pace myself and not worry about every detail. But in the beginning, I did that, which people admired. And then the burnout happened. And, you know, you can't come back from that sometimes. So you need to be able to put those things into place um, or be able to say no. I said yes to everything, everything. And that was uh, really hard to start learning to say no, because you're in a position that saying no is kind of hard.
0: But you had to, you probably had to say yes to learn what even deserved a no. Like you just didn't know yet, right? Like you're starting out
1: things you can't say no to, yeah, but you can't you can't say no to every, you know, but you have to learn when the position can be like, hey, can you just hold on? Like, can I will get to that next? Like it won't be this right this minute or something like that where it's not just like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this right now and now I have to run to go do something else,
0: so what are some things that you say no to, or is it pretty con- like is it pretty relative to what's going on? Like, um, is it, does it just like a matter of I'm working on booking hotels for tomorrow? I cannot help you go get your package right now. Like, what are some things that you
1: would have to say no to? It's just more of a like timing sometimes like, Hey, okay. I don't have time for that at this moment. Like you're going to have to wait. Or I've learned if my runner isn't shopping to help my my runner typically doesn't want to sit around and do nothing. So they will help me with things. Yeah, um, I never knew in the beginning that I could use my runner kind of as an assistant ish. Um, like, Hey, can you help me with this really quick? And it's not like the whole time, but occasionally on a really, really busy day, it really comes in handy to ask the runner to help you with little things like, Hey, can you go find that package?
0: Okay. And And runners are usually hired locally, correct? They're not on tour.
1: No, they're not on tour.
0: So that's kind of a good little tip for somebody. If they're working locally as a runner, would you say it would be within an appropriate wheelhouse for them to say, Hey, band assistant, Hey, production coordinator, I'm here. I'm not working right now. What do you need help with?
1: That would be amazing. Like I had a runner one time. It was the last show of the tour. She could tell I was spinning that day. I was, there was so much going on. It's just, we showed up way late to the very last show, like hours and hours late because of the weather. And I was just spinning. Like I had so much to do in very little time. And she's like, what do you need help with? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need so much help. And it was amazing. And like, I wouldn't have made it through that day without that runner.
0: And you probably wanted to take her on tour with you.
1: And also treat your runners. Like once you get... Like, you know, as a position where I am in charge of the runners, I make sure that my runners are taken care of because like, you're going to come see them in other shows. Like you come back and it's the same runners Like, make sure that they are taken care of because they won't help you the next show. If you're an asshole to them.
0: Yeah. And also like kind of going back to how you guys lead the tour, like they just deserve it. You know, it's just like treat everybody like family. That's great.
1: And some days are really busy and I always make sure like our other tours will run those runners into the ground. I will make sure that they take a break. Like yeah. you've been shopping all day, go eat, go take a 15 minute break, come back to me and we'll start like whatever it is can wait 15 minutes.
0: If you were your own runner and you and you told yourself to go take a break, would you do it? You'd be like, no, I have to keep working. I feel like you wouldn't take the break.
1: <laughs> it's hard, but like, if I don't give you another task to do, then yeah. you can't go do it yet.
0: Yeah. But I'm it forcing it.
1: I should probably take my own advice and take a break sometimes, but
0: yeah, treat yourself like somebody you care about your runners. Uh, okay. So the current tour you're on Metallica tour, that's pretty cool. That's very big. Are there like the difference? we talked a little bit about the difference between a support and a headlining tour, meaning that, you know, it's not your tour. Somebody else is giving you the rules and the times and everything. Is there anything like, Can you give us some examples without? I know that some of this stuff is private and I'm not asking for any of that. I just want to know like some basic examples of things you guys are allowed to do or not allowed to do because you're a support band on like a a pretty big machine of a tour.
1: So you kind of, whatever they give you room wise, you know, furniture and all that, typically that's usually what you're going to get.
0: Like dressing rooms and production rooms. And
1: sometimes you got to set up your office in a hallway. Like it just is what it is. Um, whatever their rules are like COVID rules, especially like you abide by whatever COVID rules that they put in place. I don't know. It's just whatever it is, like their laminate policies. Um, typically you're not usually going to ask for tickets to a show, you know, typically uh, maybe, but I wouldn't push it. You're usually not going to go stand, stand on the stage during their show.
0: It's a lot of respect stuff.
1: You just need to like, be aware and ask, don't just assume you can do something.
0: Because yeah, you're kind of like, is it kind of like you could think of it like you're a guest in somebody else's house. It's not your house.
1: It's Exactly how it is. Like, it's I'm a guest. This is your house. Whatever rules you have in place. I'm going to I'm not going to just go take something out of your refrigerator. Like, I'm going to ask first.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, what are the COVID re- rules on a tour these days? Like, what does that consist of?
1: Typically, we're masked out, you know, all public areas. Um, usually like if I'm sitting at my desk, I typically am able to like, maybe take my mask off at that point, but any common area, I will have a mask on some tours are testing, um, like either every day, every other day, whatever the time is, some are making it mandatory that you're vaccinated. It really is varies per tour.
0: Gotcha. So you've been masked every day in South America. Yes. That's wild.
1: They do require you still to wear them on the flights down here as well.
0: Oh yeah. Cause they changed that in the States. I flew last week or this week rather. And there was no mask and it was kind of wild.
1: I know. I actually haven't been on the, in the States since they've done that.
0: My face was so cold. I put my mask on anyway.
1: It is kind of nice. The planes get quite chilly.
0: I know. Especially when you're bald. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm covering it all up, man. It's too cold. That's cool. So um, how big are these shows in South America? Like Metallica in South America has got to be huge.
1: I mean, think about Instagram on every single band and they all ask, say come to Brazil.
0: Yeah, they're all there.
1: Yeah. I mean, they will stand outside of the venues, like on cars and up on like fences to try to see into the shows. Because
0: they couldn't get in?
1: I mean, whether they sold out or they couldn't afford it, whatever the reason is, like the streets are lined with people.
0: Oh, wow.
1: The fans are diehard fans out here.
0: That's amazing. I would love to see that. I've experienced it on a small level. I've actually experienced it on some larger levels too, but I'd love to see it for a band. I've only done it with a DJ. That sounds pretty cool
1: pretty wild to watch especially cuz we leave during their set like we're out of there cuz we want to get out of their way so oh, wow we leave during their set so we get to see all of the fans as we leave
0: how many like do you have a capacity off the top of your head of any of these shows i'm just curious is it like 50,000 or 30 um, or 100
1: i think i want to say the last one we just did was like 70 Holy but it was like shit. an actual stadium where some of the other ones have been like we played at a horse race track <laughs> we played at one of those one was like in a parking lot. So they've been some
0: big parking lot, huh?
1: I think there were originally were supposed to be in stadiums and then, but those were booked, you know, two years ago.
0: Oh, because the date changed because of COVID. Yep. Wow. Do I mean, if you can't get a stadium, next step is usually a parking lot. And after that, you got the horse track. That sounds about right.
1: You make it happen. And that's the thing is you go into a show. You don't know what this venue looks like, or maybe sometimes you do yeah. and you make it work with whatever it is you have.
0: How comfortable are, how comfortable and competent do you have to be with your job? Because to me, it's so wild. Like the easy part sounds like it's your job because you show up and there's all these other variables that change all the time. You just, I feel like you have to know your job so well to be able to transform so
1: quickly. It's the same job. You're doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Where you have to, you know, tweak it to fit whatever venue you're in that day or you know everybody's doing that the text the sound engineer like everybody is tweaking everything to make sure it fits to wherever we are that day
0: how do you teach yourself that like open openness to be so versatile cuz you know some people like i'm at home it's like if i can't have my routine the way i want it stuff isn't getting done how do you override that on the road like what's that like internally
1: you don't have a choice <laughs> like <laughs> like you just have to like adapt and figure it out because if not you're not gonna make it.
0: Yeah. Do you have? I mean, like when it first happened to you, was it kind of shocking, or were you used to it from catering?
1: No, I think catering definitely helped me learn that world, so it wasn't a total shock once I came over to like the production side of things. Because you do the same thing—you're setting up a catering room wherever you are, and you're making it work wherever you are.
0: Oh man! So have you had office hallways on or uh, offices in hallways recently? Has that been a is a thing, or if you?
1: We've done that. We've done uh, recently. I have in previous tours, I've set up on top of boxes. Like, you know, the rooms were so small. You just use boxes to put your desk on. Like made a desk out of it. Yeah. Like I think as a photographers, sometimes you guys get the short end of the stick there and you guys get random places to set up.
0: Dude, I'll just... That's why I keep all my gear in my bunk. Because I'm like, I don't care where we are. Everything's staying in the bunk. And we could do any, like, that's my way of controlling it. You know, otherwise there's too many variables. I'm like, my lens broke out.
1: <laughs> well, what about when you're not on a bus? Then what do you do?
0: Uh, I just don't bring that gear. <laughs> I just bring, I just bring a very small amount of gear. Like I went, I, as a challenge to myself, I had to shoot in Boston like three days ago and I just needed my camera and it was three days, right? Fly day, shoot day, fly day. And I was like, I'm not bringing anything. So I just brought my backpack with my gear and no extra clothes. And I was like, I think I'm going to do this more.
1: No extra clothes. That's gold.
0: Yeah, I'm not a very sweaty person, (laughs) so I have the luxury of just I got like a Lululemon pair of everything, and I just wear that, and it lasts very well.
1: There you go. I think as a girl, I would I would need more than just a backpack.
0: Oh man, I understand. Hey, okay, we've talked about this before. Actually, talked about it before the podcast. I thought it was really interesting. As a girl touring, how is it? Is it much different than being a guy in your role, or is there anything that you can talk to that like? I wouldn't even know to ask
1: so being a girl you can't be sensitive and which is harder it's easier said than done sometimes but like guys you're working with majority of guys this tour specifically there is more girls but typically i would be the only girl or maybe one other girl um you need to kind of have that tough skin to like make it through out there um because they're gonna say stuff and like it may hurt your feelings and you need to like not show that it hurts your feelings
0: are they, wait, before you go on, are they saying, like, when you say that, you need to have tough skin and like, people say stuff to hurt your feelings? They're not saying stuff, or I hope not. They're not saying stuff to you because you're a girl, therefore, and you need to deal with it. They're just saying stuff that they would say to a guy as well. Just maybe you're saying that generally a, a girl would be more sensitive towards that thing. Is that what you're telling me?
1: So that happens, but also there's been situations where, like, you know, there are like sexist comments made towards you.
0: You know, fuck them up.
1: And, you know, you have to realize, like, you need to put your foot down and be like, that's not cool. Because if not, then you're kind of opening that door that they think like, oh, well, now I can talk to you like that. Um, so that was difficult.
0: Yeah. How do you handle that?
1: Well, I started so young in the industry that I didn't handle it well.
0: How old were you? I was 20. Wow. You've been killing it for a while. That's awesome. All right. Tell me more about your story. How did you handle it? And how do you handle it now? I want to know.
1: Back in the day, I didn't handle it. Cause I didn't know how to say no. Like, you know, yeah. I think also back then we weren't really told as girls that it was okay to like tell somebody that you were like, as their, you know, I guess they're, they're, your superior. They're, they're
0: higher up. Yeah.
1: like You didn't know how to do that. And yeah. we we're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job or something along those lines. Or, you know, it just was okay. I'm going to lose my job. Even if it's like your coworker, like, I don't know. I don't want this to spread over to the rest of the, crew here like you don't you're mm-hmm. embarrassed of it and you don't want to be make a scene and you don't want people to feel bad for you and so it's really it was really tough in the beginning because I I was young like I was a young girl and it was a new situation and it was strange and like honestly I was kind of scared um I got to a point where I slept with a knife under my pillow oh, like because wow. I didn't tr- I didn't trust guys I worked with
0: that's pretty wild. That's like way more extreme than, than I was expecting. And then the idea is they're like, people were violating your personal space and you had this as like a last resort.
1: So people would get drunk and, okay. you know, I understand. Would say wrong. bunk.
0: Oh yeah. I gotcha.
1: And they would, you know, try to push their self in. And then like, then you just wouldn't sleep because you're terrified.
0: Oh, that really sucks. I'm so sorry. You had to deal with that. Uh, that is like I hope that you haven't had any of this recently, but that really sucks.
1: I don't sleep with a knife under my pillow anymore. This was like very, very early on. Yeah, yeah. And then the bus driver found it one time because I didn't when he was doing sheets. And he made a comment in front of the whole crew that like, did you know you had that there? Like, yeah. And so then all of a sudden, nobody messed with me anymore. Oh, that's perfect.
0: You like beat up the strongest dude at the prison. That's great.
1: (laughs) I didn't even have to do anything. All I had to do was the bus driver had to make a comment. And all of a sudden, like it stopped, like it stopped and I didn't have to do anything anymore. Um, it's been oh, wow. many years since that knife has been under my pillow, but it. some people will bring it up still. Like you were the girl that slept with a knife under her pillow.
0: I'm happy that you've never had to do that before. I'm sad that you had to do it to begin with. I'm also thankful for the fact now, if anybody's ever having trouble on tour, you just go to your driver and tell them to announce that you have a knife under your pillow to everybody. And you don't even have to have it. You just have them announce it.
1: True. The, I mean, the driver's Typically, you know, my position is taking care of the driver anyway. Yeah. So they probably would have done that for me if I asked.
0: Yeah, that's great. And for people who don't know, doing sheets means that the driver, uh, they do your laundry. So they'll clean your, uh, excuse me, they'll not do your laundry. They'll clean your bedding. So that's what that means.
1: Yeah, because you don't want to sleep in sticky sheets for the whole time.
0: Yeah, that is true. So that's what they were doing. Just we use that term. I understood it, but I just want to let everybody else know. All right, keep going. What were we talking about?
1: you know, those things... um, Overpacking because I feel like girls we overpack. I still I still do it sometimes, but that's the worst.
0: What should you leave out that maybe people don't think to leave out if they're girls and going on tour?
1: You think you're going to look cute on an off day? You're probably not. Like you're not. <laughs> you're not going to dress up on an off day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, How come? There's just not enough room in your bag and not enough time in your life to be able to do the makeup.
1: You don't need the heels. I never did that, but you know sometimes it's just maybe. If you like doing your hair, that's fine. Sometimes you don't need to bring all of the hair tools though. We do do laundry while we're out on tours. So you don't need to bring, you know, three weeks of clothes. I don't know. Or if you think you're going to do all these activities during your off days, like sometimes I used to think that like, I was going to like, I was going to color or I was going to like read these, all these books and I would bring color. books.
0: You mean like color books?
1: <laughs> like the adult coloring books. Like I thought I was going to do all these things on off days. <laughs>
0: I haven't heard somebody say, I'm going to go color in a long time. That's really funny. Keep going.
1: Very therapeutic.
0: Yeah. I believe it. Hey, I remember, you know, you use the one thicker marker to outline it and then color it in with the same color. And looks cool. We
1: have like we'll adult going. ones now that are way cool though.
0: Yeah. I should get on that. That sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> I'll send you one.
0: Oh God. I know you will too. It's probably be going out. To, I'll probably have tracking in my inbox tomorrow.
1: Right. As soon as we get off this podcast.
0: <laughs> All right. Cool. I I know I keep interrupting you. I'm just so interested in all the things you say, but keep going.
1: Girl wise, like, well, no, I think that's it. You just really need to like, and stand up for yourself. Like if you need to like, or make sure a point that you're not a pushover. Yeah. I think that's kind of, especially in this role, people will try. They will definitely try. Um, Well, I need this specific thing. And like, you kind of need to know when to draw the line of like, do you really need that? And do I actually have to provide you that?
0: Okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's hard to know when I've talked to other people about this, I did like, um, what's the name of it? Like, a hang was it called hangouts no, a clubhouse? I did some clubhouses with different women in the music industry and kind of talked about the struggles and things like that. And one of the things that people told me is that, you know, the goal is really equal treatment, not different treatment. And I think what you're talking to is like, it's really hard to know when you're getting treated like everybody else. And then it's just not a good way to be treated like the way you're getting treated is the same as everybody else. And it's not a good way to be treated. Or is it different than, but everybody else and not a good way to be treated. Like, like you're saying, it's like, where do I draw the line of like, what's unacceptable or what's normal? And it sucks. Am I, am I making sense?
1: No, it makes sense. And it is hard to kind of figure out what that line is. Yeah. With like new crew members, like when you're starting a new crew or a new crew got come in, like you don't know them yet. Like yeah. maybe you just have like a really bad sense of humor that it's not, and you don't like it. You know, you just kind of need to blow it off or, or are are they just being inappropriate?
0: How do you figure that out? Do you just kind of like wait for it to be a repeat thing? You're like, okay, they're fucking up. Or do you like run it by a few people to be like, Hey, is this off? Or like, you know, like do you see people as sounding boards?
1: Personally, I think I'd wait for it to happen a couple of times to see kind of like, is this a one-time thing or was this like continuing to happen? Um, and then I think I'd probably run it by, you know, somebody before I like, I would address it. Yeah. If it got way out of hand, maybe it needs to go above you and somebody else needs to address it, depending on the situation.
0: So when something goes above you, do you go to the tour manager usually?
1: So like in this situation, since I've been with Paul for so long, like I probably would go to him first as And he's the production.
0: production manager.
1: He is the production manager.
0: But most people.
1: I most people probably would go to the tour manager first. Okay. It kind of just depends on maybe one what it's about. Um sometimes you don't want to go to the tour manager. Sometimes It kind of just depends. Also, it depends on the vibe of your production manager and your tour manager. Like which one do you think is going to be able to handle that one better? Which one's going to tell you like that's stupid?
0: Yeah. Hopefully none of them say that's stupid.
1: Hopefully. You never know.
0: If you're on tour with you guys, it's not going to be handled like that, man. I love when I hear about your guys touring vibe. It's so like, that's the goal of the podcast is like, we want to create more vibes like that and stray away from like tours where people are like wrong bunk or you can go shit on the bus. Like we don't want to deal with that shit. So I'm happy to hear that you guys are out there creating the good vibes.
1: Like you really, you miss out on so much. Like you really are giving up so much of your life that you have to have that. Or I honestly don't feel like it's worth it.
0: And how do you, how do you decide, like what makes you stay at a gig or leave and go find another one other than like the obvious, like we know that money is a deciding factor, but like what other things pull you into a tour or maybe even push you away?
1: It's like, the, I really don't get along with the people like it's really to the point where like I'm miserable out on the road all the time mm-hmm. due to work, not due to like maybe your personal life Cause like not that
0: yourself business. stuff.
1: Right. But like if work is making me that miserable, why am I here? Like, why am I missing out on so much of my home life mm-hmm. to be here with people that I hate yeah. or like, I'm not enjoying that honestly is huge for me. And maybe that's not a decision for other people. But like, if I'm having a, like I said before, like if I'm having a bad day, like I need to know that, that somebody like is going to have my back that day. Uh, my grandfather passed away a couple weeks ago on this last tour. I'm not, I wasn't okay. You know, like that it was really found out. on. I'm sorry, day, dude. You know, and like I've had a breakdown on show day as someone would, who would find that out. Yeah. Like Paul was able to jump in and like cover for me that day. Not like completely, like I was still there, but like I was not really there.
0: You're running on, you're running on, uh, what is it called? Like on auto, you're just like doing the things. Yeah.
1: You know, and I needed somebody to like, that knew me that understood that like, Hey, this isn't my MO, but it was show one. It was show one. Oh, of the tour. So nobody knows me on this tour other than like maybe a couple of people and I'm not okay. And so it was a rough first start because that was their first impression of me on a show day. Um, and I didn't tell anybody what happened like other than, you know, Paul and Albert knew. And so it was not the greatest start. People found out later on and probably could understand. But at the time, I was so upset that I was like, this is show one and this is what you're getting of me.
0: Did you almost just want to go home?
1: I almost did. Um, I got to say goodbye to him via FaceTime that day. And so he told me, like, oh,
0: I was okay. Was it like it was something that was coming? He was uh, of an older age kind of vibe?
1: Mm-hmm. He made the decision.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: He lived a good life you know, that's good. And today is his memorial service. You know, we miss everything. Yeah. And so on those days that you miss those things, you know, you're not all there. You're not 100%. You need someone to pick up the 20% that you can't give that day.
0: Hey, respect to you for still giving 80. That's awesome. Doesn't make the situation any better, but way to power through it. That's cool.
1: And I mean, everybody's had these situations. Like I've heard of people like on show day, like their mom passed away or, you know, their house flooded or whatever the situation Dog
0: died, girlfriend left, them, um, stuff like, you know, stuff happens.
1: Whatever it is. Like that's why you have to have that culture.
0: Yeah, no, I vibe. That's, that's great. Well, I'm glad you guys are there to support each other. And I'm happy that the things that you experienced 10 years ago, and I'll admit like maybe not in the same vibe because uh, I'm not a woman, but, uh, you know, I did experience things that I don't like on tour as well. And I think that Maybe you can relate, but I'm seeing a lot less of it. And if I do see any of it, it's not approved by anybody else. Usually it's usually somebody being like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: I haven't seen anything like that. I experienced in my early twenties in a very long time. That's great. I do think that the culture of the industry is changing in that way. Um, you know, even to the point of like people who are having issues or health issues on tour, um, that need to still stay out there. You know, like people support you that way to try to help you get by or, um, or having maybe some addiction issues or whatever it is. It seems like people aren't willing to just kick you out to the curb now. Mm-hmm. They're now willing to like, kind of step in and help you get the help or like pick up the slack until like you can get the help you need.
0: Yeah. Cause it was very much before like, Oh, you can't do the job. Like, what are you doing here?
1: And I, you can't do that to these people out here. Like, honestly, we need people. Like yeah. everyone is short staffed. You, Nobody can fill a whole tour right now. Not nobody, but very hard for people to find everybody. Like, you know, everyone's, I've had multiple offers for tours right now. I can't take them because nobody, like, I don't understand. I feel like there's so many people that want to get into the industry yet. Everyone's looking for people.
0: Well, that's kind of why I was asking those questions because, you know, I was asking like, Oh, you start a job as a production coordinator you can't really start a job as a production coordinator with what you can learn at home. It's just not possible. So that's also, I was asking you like, do you ever have assistance? Because there's not really a Avenue with their, with the exception of local work for people who want to get into the industry to get into the industry. I mean, the podcast helps everything helps, but you really need experience and there's no way to train like any of these people because they're not training locally. You know, it's just, it's so, yeah, there's not going to be anybody entering the industry. And I'm just trying to figure out how to fill that void. Sorry, what do you think?
1: No, I think if you are able to shadow, and I don't know if that's, I'd have to even ask if like a tour manager or a production manager would allow that.
0: It's hard with COVID too. Very hard right now.
1: Especially because everyone's bubbling. Exactly. But like, like shadowing someone locally for a day potentially could be helpful. Again, I don't know how the logistics of that would be working, but it's in theory sounds nice.
0: No, I, I, I think that's great. And I think that's like, I want to start working. on. If you ever have free time and you aren't touring and you want to set up a system with me, that was my dream for pod. I mean, it still is my dream for the podcast to somehow work through that. We do it with the agency for photographers and videographers. That's how we staff those roles. You know, we take people who we think are prepared, but don't have the contacts and recommend them. We're trying to do the same for crew, but man, it's hard. And I have people hitting me up too, being like, we don't have any of these core crew members for our next tour. And I'm like, our band's going to even be able to tour
1: everyone's short right now it's pretty crazy So, what are they doing i feel like during the pandemic people really enjoyed having schedules and routines and being home with their wives and their kids and their dogs yeah i get it not missing everything you know up to the point where they decided you know hey i'm just gonna stay home or they found a job with benefits that paid decent enough for them not to come back to touring because the pay is really what's enticing for the most part um also you know being in live music as well but like typically the pay is like, Oh, I could do that. I could, you know, give up nine, 10 months out of my year, you know, for that.
0: So what's the, but well, what are the artists doing that don't have anybody on the road with them or like, excuse me, that aren't able to fulfill their crew? Like what's the solution? Are they literally not touring and they must, are they finding people? Or are they just raising the money?
1: Great question. I actually don't know what they're doing.
0: Oh, wow. We got to get those people on the podcast.
1: They're looking for people, but I don't know what they're doing if they don't fill the roles
0: man, I want to make something so bad that helps with that. It just seems complicated and messy.
1: It, it does get a little complicated. And I don't even know where you would start trying to do that yet. Do you have to go through the management or would you go directly to like the production manager and the tour manager and they would help you get in?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I asked on Facebook, because so I was interested and I was like, all right, crew members, like, how do you get most of your jobs? Like for me, it's usually through the artist or word of mouth. And everybody was like, word of mouth. And then I'm like, well, what if word of mouth isn't good enough anymore? or there's not enough people through word of mouth. Like, is there a place to go? And somebody said there were a few agencies, but they're private. So I don't know. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep digging.
1: Yeah. I've never heard about an agency. For like, I know.
0: And if you haven't heard about it, how well are they really doing?
1: Basically, BobNet, that's, that's it. You know, if BobNet has all the job postings.
0: But uh, none not enough crew on it. Oh man. All right. We got off on kind of a tangent, but I guess to wrap this up, T-L-D-R. If you want to get into the industry, you can. You got to start shadowing locally. Also, according to Hannah, be a runner or a caterer locally and that'll get you into this side of the work. Don't be a stagehand. That'll get you into being like a tech. But if you want to work like production manager, tour manager, production coordinator, artist assistant, like the kind of crew admin aspect of the role sounds like those are good entry-level jobs on a local level.
1: Yeah. You just need to get your face in front of people and don't be afraid to talk to people. Tell them you're interested in trying to get in yeah. or tell them you want to tour. You're like, don't be shy. Get to know people, find people on Facebook and add them.
0: Oh, wow. That's good. Show up at their front door. Actually, let's go one up.
1: Oh, if go- you go that far, <laughs> they might call the cops on you. Bring
0: them kombucha to their house. Say, I know you got this on your show day. Here you go.
1: But Facebook or Instagram, you know, like. Yeah. Then let's see you. Post, I don't know. It might just help you to at least so they now see a different side of you.
0: No, I think that's great.
1: And then if you're on their feed, maybe they think of something and then they remember you.
0: No, that's great. I think those are uh, like non intrusive ways to connect with people that aren't like calling them on the phone and being like, hey, how are you?
1: Yeah, that's might be, especially now. I don't think people do that much.
0: Exactly. It's nice. We have all these in between levels of things that used to be like either meet them. You call them or you email them. Now we have like all these passive ways to keep in touch with people, which is much less intrusive.
1: Or adding people who don't even know.
0: (laughs) There you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and taking time out of your, after your 20 hour travel day to talk with me, Hannah.
1: Oh, well, thank you for letting me take a nap first and shower.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Something I related to heavily, which... Is something that I don't know if people know this term outside of touring. Maybe they do. But like, I like how you're like, I'm feeling, I'm going to go feel like a human first again. What does that entail on the road? Just like showering and like drinking a coffee. What do you do to feel like a human?
1: Uh, Well, we got into the hotel about 9am this morning. And obviously you didn't sleep on the flight before overnight flight. Um, And we were supposed to have this at, you know, two hours earlier than it was, we actually started. And I needed a shower and take an hour nap and like eat some food. And so I I needed to feel like a human before I like look like a zombie on this podcast.
0: Hey, well, I appreciate you putting in so much effort to show up. I wouldn't expect anything less from you.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. This was good. And I hope people can get out of it a way way into the industry because we do need people.
0: All right, cool. Well, if we can ever set up something more formal, let's do it. Last question. Shower shoes, no shower shoes. What's your vibe?
1: Always shower shoes.
0: all right (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here shower shoes we'll put a tally and we'll put a check in that uh side of the vote uh well thank you so much uh i'll look forward to seeing you in real life i appreciate it
1: awesome thanks adam